Apostles, chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this Scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Got in trouble in elementary school one time because the teacher told us to put on our thinking cap. Any of y'all remember that language? I took it a little too literally. I told the teacher I did not have one and she was not amused. But I'd like for you just a second to open your imagination. There's a mud puddle. Would you imagine it for a moment? Let it form in your mind's eye. A puddle at the edge of a bright green lawn. Lying beside the puddle is a small rock. A three-year-old girl walks up to the puddle. She squishes her bare feet into the mud ring that lays around the puddle until the tops of her feet are beneath the red clay. Then she sees the rock. A rock, she says. She bends her knees to squat and pluck the rock 
from its resting place in the mud. She turns it over in her fingers, drinking in the coarseness of it, the texture of it, the hardness, the shape, and the colors. And she says, wow. And then she turns her attention to the puddle. With pebble in hand, she stands. She flicks the rock, rock upward and watches as it descends and hits the puddle's surface. And she dances with glee as she sees the ripples spread across its surface. Did you see it? In my imagination, she has on a little flowered sundress, no shoes, and her hair is a hot mess. I'm really just kind of thinking about my kid when she was three. <laughs> But the joy on her face is unmistakable. You've seen that joy every time childlike things happen to people that cause them to be filled with the idea that there's beauty left in this world, no matter what the news people say. That God is at work and that there is goodness coming. Any child who's ever thrown in a rock into a puddle and seen the dance that erupts on its surface has known the joy of God. I remember being fascinated by ripples as a child and you know, maybe there was a time when you too threw a rock or a pebble into a mud puddle or a pond and you felt that same feeling. The tossing of one small petal can completely disrupt and transform the whole surface of a large mud puddle. The rings of the ripples seem to go on and on and on, hitting the edge and bouncing back into the middle. Such is the life of Philip, a new convert to Christianity. Such is his life in the hands of the Holy Spirit that day. In today's story, Philip is a pebble tossed into a puddle known as the Ethiopian's life. And the Ethiopian's life is transformed by the ripples that Philip makes. He, in fact, may be the reason that there are Christians in Ethiopia today. Can you imagine a dandelion in your yard? Another childhood delight? They're considered a nuisance weed by adult lawn growers. I've always thought they were quite beautiful. They look like something you put in a salad. If you're like one of them like lush salad people, I just eat iceberg lettuce. I don't want anything green in my salad. But if you're one of those people that likes turnips and spinaches and all that, you might order dandelions from the little cafe when you get your salad. They look a lot like happiness to me. The plants broad and smiling. They put out little happy yellow blooms that are hundreds of delicate little pearls of petals clinging to one center stem. And after two or three days of opening in the morning and closing at night, finally the flower closes permanently and the seeds begin to develop in the closed head. One seed per petal. And as the seeds are maturing, the flower stem starts growing upward, reaching into the wind, trying to get a much better advantage. And when the seeds are ready, the flower head explodes into those little white puffballs that every last one of us has adored at some point in our life. Our delighted three-year-old looks back to the lawn behind her and sees our newly exploded dandelion in the center of her father's precious grass. She cries out, I want to blow it. 
and runs across the yard to pluck the stem. She lifts it high, looks at the blue sky through the shimmering white feathers that adorn each seed, and she knows what she has to do. She pulls it down close to her mouth, and with her little tiny lungs, she takes the deepest breath she can, and she goes... And she blows the seeds and they spiral across her father's lawn and her dad yells, Stop that! And she laughs with giddy happiness. Such is the life of Philip. The church has been blown out of Jerusalem by a wind, a persecution that arose that the Holy Spirit allowed to come and to move the church out of its comfortable places and out into the world where people who didn't know Jesus were. People like this eunuch who was not even allowed to come into the temple when he came to Jerusalem to worship because his testicles had been smashed and the law said that he was not welcome in the assembly of God. But the Holy Spirit says things have changed and he sends this new convert to Jesus, this man named Philip. The Spirit blows him like a dandelion seed into the life of the Ethiopian who was struggling to understand a text from Isaiah written many years before about Jesus. And a follower of Jesus is blown into the life of another person who then becomes a follower of Jesus. And then he goes home. And now there are Christians all over the continent of Africa. I wonder... You all who have followed Jesus here to this place today, to this time of worship, do you believe that God intended for Philip's life to intersect with the life of the Ethiopian? Do you believe this story's suggestion that God the Holy Spirit arranged this meeting, that He blew Philip into this man's life? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus said blows wherever it pleases, would blow this man Philip into the life of a man that was not welcome in worship when he left Jerusalem? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit moved Philip into this man's life for a reason? Or is it happenstance? Made to look intentional. Is this just a product of pure chance? I, for one, accept the story. I believe that Philip is like the pebble and the dandelion head in the hands of our little three-year-old. He's a pebble tossed in a sea blown by the Holy Spirit of God. And get this, I believe that it's very possible that the Holy Spirit intends to throw you like a pebble into someone else's puddle into their life to produce ripples of God's transforming and wonderful and saving grace. I believe that God may very well blow you from this place into the life of someone who needs someone just like you to help them understand and respond to the good news of what God has done in Jesus for us. And you might ask, what makes you so sure that God still works that way? What makes you so sure that the Holy Spirit might arrange a meeting between two people in this modern day of more intelligent human beings? I mean, if you believe modern society is more intelligent than these people, you're not paying attention to the world. But you might ask, Pastor, in this 
skeptical time. Why would you believe this still happens? Well, I'm going to testify as to why I believe. Because this is the way it was with David and Izzy. Raise your hand for me. A little bit higher. Yeah. I first met Izzy with meeting with her and her fiancé, Pierce. Pierce, raise your hand so they see where you're at. To discuss presiding at their service of Christian marriage that we call a wedding. I had only recently come to know Pierce when he asked me if I would be willing to do their wedding. He had joined Adna sometime before that, maybe just a few months. And we set up our first premarital counseling session where I would meet Izzy for the first time and I knew absolutely nothing about her. It said that Pierce was in like serious love with this girl. You may remember that our wedding liturgy includes a time for the man and woman to declare their intention to enter into union with one another through the grace of Jesus Christ who calls them into union with Himself as acknowledged in their baptism. For this reason, when I'm having my first meeting, I always feel compelled, if I know that one of the persons is not a member of a church, to ask if they are baptized. To ask if they are a Christian. Because after all, they're asking for a Christian marriage. It's important to tell you today that I asked Lizzie if I could tell you this story, right? So they won't all think I'm going to tell their stories. <laughs> Izzy will be called Isadora in the baptismal liturgy today. On that day, that seems like 20 years ago now, when I asked her if she was a Christian and she was baptized, her answer was something to the effect, I don't believe any of that. But today, Izzy will come forward to be baptized and receive Christ. To join His kingdom and be joined to His church. Today, Jesus will bring one who didn't believe any of it into union with Himself. When Izzy told me that she wasn't a Christian, I would have been within my rights given by the book of discipline to refuse to allow the wedding to take place here. But instead, I felt that I was being pushed next to her chariot. As if the breath of God was on my back, moving me into her life. I asked if she wanted to hear the story of Jesus, and she said, okay. So I did my level best, like Philip did, to tell her the story of Israel and the Messiah of Jesus the Christ. I shared the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection the best I could, and even though I thought it was pretty good, she was pretty much unmoved by it. And so I promised to walk with her in her doubt and in her unbelief. And I think now that I was a pebble that the Holy Spirit picked up beside a mud puddle called her life and threw me in. I believe that I was the seed of a dandelion blown by the breath of God to fall into her lawn. And I guess it would be possible to dismiss our meeting as pure circumstances, but dear one, I just can't. 
When Izzy and I chose this date for her baptism, neither, us, neither of us was aware that today's sermon story, that today's sermon text would be the story of Philip being blown into this Ethiopian eunuch's life and that he would be baptized because of their meeting. Neither of us was aware that the lectionary had appointed this text for this day. And when I shared that discovery with this person who once told me I don't believe any of that, she said, God works that way. If you will accept our testimony, dear ones, the story of David and Izzy, then please, as she is baptized today, and as you take of this sacrament of Holy Communion where God strengthens you for the work that God has for you to do, allow yourself to wonder into whose life is the Holy Spirit tossing, blowing, and sending you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.